Guys, am I good? There we go. Hey, can you guys believe this is the last campus praise rally of the school year? But y'all are saying boo to that, but you're excited that we're almost done, aren't you? Yeah. Wow, everybody, we're not awake tonight. Let me ask this question. How many of you are about to finish your first year of college? Awesome. Even better. How many of you are about to finish your last year of undergrad? Yes. Y'all sound more tired. I'm just saying. You sound a little more tired. Hey, uh, all of us, though, uh, whether you're walking into this, you're getting ready to wrap up your first year, or you're getting ready to wrap up your last semester, or, you know, you're somewhere in that vast space between the beginning and the end of your undergraduate career, all of us this week are walking with Jesus on the path to his crucifixion, to his resurrection. This is the biggest week of the year for us, right, as Christians. Some of y'all are excited. That's all right. Let's work this out, all right? When I, on the count of three, just get some of that energy out. Tell me you're awake, all right? On the count of three, one, two, three, Jesus is going to be raised this week. Are we going to celebrate that? That's what I'm talking about. There we go. We're on pace now, man. As we walk into this this week, I want us to meditate tonight on some of the last hours that Jesus spent with his disciples before he went uh, to the cross. Now, and many of you know that this semester we've been looking uh, at the Gospel of John and different encounters that people had with Jesus. And John tells us that in the hours before his trial, Jesus gives a last lecture to his disciples. Right? For John, who was actually right there in the room when this was happening, this was a huge moment. Okay? In matter of fact, in the Gospel of John, there are 21 chapters. Chapters 13 through 17 are this moment of Jesus spending these last hours with his disciples. A quarter of the entire story is encompassed in these hours. That's how significant this moment was to John as he experienced them, uh, Jesus pouring himself out into his students in the last hours before uh, he was uh, arrested, tried, crucified, and buried. The part I want to focus on tonight is at the conclusion of Jesus' last lecture in chapter 17 of John, where Jesus prays for his disciples. Now, in chapter 17, verses 1 through 19... Jesus is praying for his disciples who were literally right there, right then, with him in Jerusalem at the Passover. That makes sense, right? These are the disciples who had followed him for three years. He's praying specifically for them. But then something really amazing happens. In verses 20 through 23, Jesus prays for us. Us. I'm going to read that section to you. There's a repetition that happens in Jesus' prayer for us that I, I, want, I want to make sure you hear. So I'm going to make, I'm going to, if you're reading it in your, in your Bible or in your, on your phone, right, um, I'm going to change one little phrase that you'll hear in there because it's actually repeated five times in the original text, but it gets clouded in English a little bit, and I want you to be able to hear the force of that as Jesus prays it. Jesus says in John chapter 17, verses 20 to 23, my prayer is not for them alone, meaning the disciples who are right there, right then at that moment. My prayer is not for them alone. I pray also for all those who will believe in me through their message. Us. Us. 
I pray also for all who will believe in me through their message so that, that's the phrase, listen for it. He says it five times. It's a purpose phrase. So that, after the CPR, I'm going to bed so that I can wake up early in the morning, right? Some of you should do that too, right? So that, it's a purpose phrase. Listen for it. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message so that all of them may be one father. Just as you are in me and I am in you, may they also be in us. So that the world may believe that you have sent me. I have given them the glory that you gave me so that they may be one as we are one. I in them you in me, so that they may be brought into complete unity, so that the world will know that you have sent me and have loved them just as you love me. It's the word of the Lord. Isn't that awesome? I mean, with the cross looming in front Of Jesus, he turns to the Father, and of all the things he could have prayed for in that moment, he prays for us to be united in the purpose, the power, and the passion of our God. It's incredible. Of all the things he could have done. So on our journey this week with Jesus, I want you to encourage you to be meditating on this reality, which comes out so passionately in this prayer. The purpose of Jesus coming into the world, dying, rising again. The primary problem that he was addressing was that sin destroys our communion with our Father. Now, of course, it also leads to all kinds of other problems. All kinds of other hurts between you and me. But the primary problem of sin, the one that Jesus was focused on primarily addressing, is that it destroys our communion with God. That has all kinds of other implications. It leads to every breakdown in every relationship between you and your boyfriend, your mom, your roommates, between tribes, between races, between nations. It leads to all kinds of other things. But the purpose, the primary problem, is our relationship with God is broken because of sin. Jesus' purpose in coming to the world is to reconcile the world to himself, to reunite us with him and the Father. So as as he prepares to take on this burden of our sin, to make a way for our reconciliation with the Father, he prays passionately that all of them, all of us, may be one with the Father, just As you are in me and I am in you, may they be in us. The desire of the Father, the purpose of the Son, and the working of the Holy Spirit, all to bring us into full (coughs) communion with the one who created us for that purpose. Dude, that has like far-reaching, multi-dimensional implications for us and for the world. But let me name one thing that is the greatest obstacle for all of us in embracing that full communion 
with the Father, the Son, through the Holy Spirit. One thing that seems to always get in our way. We're willing to accept less. We're willing to settle for less than all that God has for us, aren't we? So often we're willing to, when God offers of a full, abundant life, communion with him, the Father, and the Spirit, and we'll just take whatever we can grab close to us. As we enter into this holy week, what I want you to be thinking about, what I want, you to, what I want us to be walking in together, let's not settle for less. Sin is always settling for less. It's counterfeit grace. It's not the real thing. It promises us joy, and it gives us shame instead. It promises us power, and it leaves us weak and desperate. Don't settle for less than being filled with the purpose the power, and the passion of Jesus Christ. Don't settle for less by calling yourself Christian and not pursuing Christ. It makes no sense really to do that if you think about it, right? I'm a Christian, but I don't really practice it. I don't really do anything with it. I just kind of believe it. Dude, that's like saying, I'm a GVSU Laker in my heart, but I root for Ferris. (laughs) Nah, You can't do that. It doesn't work that way, right? If you're a Laker, you're a Laker for lifetime, right? Yes. It doesn't work this way. If you're a Christian, united in purpose, power, and passion with God Almighty, with the Son, Jesus Christ, by the Holy Spirit, don't settle for less. Don't settle for less by just surviving going home for the summer, just trying to get through it. Or, God forbid, having to move back home after graduation. Don't settle for less than pursuing the purpose, the power, and the passion of God wherever he takes you as you go into this summer. Don't just try to make your way through it. Try to survive it. Don't settle for that. The purpose, the power, and the passion, the unity, literally the purpose of Christ is that you might live in unity with him and the Father. That's why you were made. Don't settle for less. Don't settle for letting sin take up residence in your life because you're afraid or because you're lonely, or because you're tired. Dive deep into the purpose and the power and the passion of the Father, the Son, and the Spirit. Look, I don't want anybody to walk out of here feeling judged, please. I I have no judgment for any of you. I don't know your situation, your circumstance. It is not on me. Even the Apostle Paul says, what is it on me to judge those? Uh, What I'm saying to you when what I know to be true from Scripture and from my own life is that every single time 
Every time sin takes root in my life, it's because I'm settling for something less than everything that God has and all of his promises and everything that he has done in order to make a way for me to be in relationship with him. I know it's true for me, and I know it is true for you. Jesus does not want you to settle for less than everything that he came to do. He went to the cross so that you wouldn't have to settle for less than all that God has in store for you. The Father and the Son through the Spirit want you, you, y'all, all y'all, and you, and you, and you, and you, and you, and you, you, to be completely united in power, presence, passion, and purpose of your Creator. Which is why right here in chapter 17, the moments before Jesus was going to be arrested, tried, convicted, and executed, his prayer is not for himself. It's for you. That you would be fully, completely united with him, the Father, through the Spirit. You know what else? He hasn't stopped praying this for you. When he ascended into glory, he is seated, that's what the scriptures tell us, seated at the right hand of God the Father Almighty, where he lives, Hebrews 7 says, lives to intercede for you. He's praying this for you. Catch this. This will blow your mind. He's praying this for you right now. That you would be fully and completely united in the purpose, the power, and the passion of the Trinity. Let's not settle for less. I want to lead us in a prayer. A prayer where I'm going to, uh, I'm going to pray that God would awaken us to where we're settling for less. I'm going to lead us in a moment of repentance to offer up ways that we have settled for less. And if you find it in your spirit, you are saying, yes, that's me. That's me, God. I need to repent of that too. Then I invite you, just join me in that prayer. You can join me out loud. You can join me um, uh, you know, in an interior sort of way uh, to yourself and to God. But if that's you, then just offer that prayer to God. And then we're going uh, to continue our time of worship by singing our prayers. Our prayers that we would be that we would not be people who settle, but people who are diving deeper and deeper and deeper into this well of the purpose, power, and passion of the Trinity. Let's pray. Lord our God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we want to be one in power, presence, and passion of your love. We want to be united with you in purpose. And yet, God, there are just so many things in our lives that call us away, that give us immediate gratification instead of the full abundance that you have for us. God, 
we repent of all those ways that we have settled for less than being fully united with you in our thoughts, in our words, and in our actions. It's our fault. We broke this relationship. So forgive us. Forgive us for settling less, for settling for less than your power, your presence, and your purpose in our lives. Thank you that you haven't given up on us. Thank you that Jesus came to live, die, rise, and right now intercede for us. We want to be fully united with him. So we pray specifically now, God, take away those sins that break our relationship and unite us with you and with each other. May your purposes direct our lives. May your power overcome all of our weakness and may your passion consume who we are. We are your Jesus. Unite us fully and completely with your purposes and with your power and with your ways. We can only ask this because of you, through you, and by your spirit so powerfully present and active here right now. And so we say this together in the hope of your work and in the joy of what you are doing in us. We all say together, amen.